Sunshine Radio, the hospital radio station for Western Supermare. Well, hello. Nice to see you again. All right, put your feet up. Not on the not on the coffee table, mind. As again, this is the Sunshine Cinema Club. You are very welcome. I'm Marcus, and alongside me is Mr. Nick Chaffee. Hello. Now, Nick is the man. Said it many times. I'll say it many times more. He loves movies so much that he's developing a new film about a West Country superhero who's partial to an alcoholic beverage made from the fermented juice oh, okay. of apples. Okay. <laughs> you know where this is going. Yeah. Something he's called the Amazing Cider Man. Yeah. Love it. Which would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, Edgar Wright directing. The Wurzel's doing the soundtrack. Yeah. Never never flying in a straight line. <laughs> never. Coming up on today's show, which feature uh, the follow-up to a classic 1964 film, as we review Mary Poppins Returns. Come to the That is how you have to say it. Okay. And there were so many good movies released last year. And yeah, there were some stinkers too, but... We're going to focus on the good stuff in the second of the half of the show because uh, we're going to bring you the Sunshine Cinema Club Top 10 Films of 2018. <sighs> it's the definitive movie chart of, it is. Uh, of films that we've seen. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always key. <laughs> so you do not want to miss that. Stay tuned for that. But before that, here's Nick with the latest movie news. Yep, this week's headlines. Uh, Letitia Wright and Cynthia Erivo among BAFTA Rising Star nominees and Netflix warns viewers against Bird Box Challenge meme. The five nominees for this year's Rising Star BAFTA have been revealed with Black Panther star Letitia Wright, current favourite to attract the most public votes to crown her the runner at the ceremony on the 10th of February. Wright, 25, is a Guanese-born British actor who cut her teeth on TV shows such as Top Boy and Banana. Last year, Fandango named her the highest box office earning actor of 2018, with her roles in Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, The Commuter and Ready Player One, meaning she pulled in more money than any other actor in Hollywood last year. For the studios, at least. Running against right are Sorry to Bother You star Lakeith Stanfield, 27, Wild Rose lead Jesse Buckley, 29, Barry Keoghan, 26, and Widow's Breakout Cynthia Erivo, 31. Steve McQueen's heist thriller was Erivo's big screen debut, but the Stockwell-born actor is a Broadway veteran who won a Tony Award in 2016 for her leading role in a musical version of The Colour Purple. Buckley is likewise relatively fresh to cinema audiences, but has a stage background, including West End leads in A Little Night Music, Henry V opposite Jude Law, and Kenneth Branagh a Winter's Tale. Dublin-born Keoghan has appeared in a diverse list of films, including Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, Yorgos Lanthimos's The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and docudrama American Animals. Last year's winner, Daniel Kaluuya, who featured alongside Arrivo in Widows, won his prize for his breakthrough performance in Jordan Peele's Get Out, and previous winners have included James McAvoy, Kristen Stewart, and John Boyega. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure he had a very nice Christmas. <laughs> he probably did, yeah. yeah. Uh, good list. Very good list, solid. Yeah. And nice to hear the name Daniel Kaluuya mentioned. Always. Always always a pleasure. Yeah, well, we'll be mentioning him a bit later as well. 
Last week, Netflix claimed that 45 million of its subscribers had streamed the Sandra Bullock thriller Bird Box in its first week of release, a record for original movie content on the platform. Five days later, on the 2nd of January, they issued a public health warning in the interest of keeping as many of their subscribers alive as possible. The service was responding to a growing social media fad for the Bird Box Challenge, in which people emulate characters in the film who must perform every task blindfolded, lest lurking monsters drive them to suicide. Can't believe I have to say this, but please do not hurt yourself with this bird box challenge, Netflix tweeted from its primary account. We don't know how this started, and we appreciate the love, but boy and girl, a reference to the two unnamed children of Bullock's character, have just one wish for 2019, and it is that you do not end up in hospital due to memes. Netflix's call for moderation, but not abstination, from the craze comes after thousands of videos posted online show people stumbling around houses, stairs, and woods with scarves wrapped around their eyes. Meanwhile, YouTube star Morgan Adams's 24-hour bird box challenge earned more than 2 million views in five days. Uh, ABC's breakfast show Good Morning America also engaged with the meme when one of its anchors attempted to apply makeup to his co-host while blindfolded. The film, which has overcome mixed reviews to pick up considerable momentum, as well as celebrity fans such as Kim Kardashian, stars Bullock as a single mother endeavouring to save herself and her two children in a post-apocalyptic America. She and her fellow survivors must wear blindfolds to prevent exposure to supernatural forces who take the form of their most potent fears and lead them to take their own lives. Netflix rarely releases data on how many subscribers have seen films or TV shows on its site. The uh, unverified 45 million figure represents about a third of their total customer base. Previous big hitters in terms of their original content have primarily been rom-coms, with To All The Boys I've Loved Before, cited by the streaming giant as a particular hit in 2018, although no figures were released. The service has also remained silent on data around its more prestige original movie content, such as Oscars frontrunner Roma and the Coen Brothers' The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. The same also applies to TV content, such as the uh, recent interactive Black Mirror episode, Bandersnatch. Mm. So let's start with Bird Box. Have you seen it? No. Okay. This probably won't be a very long conversation. I have. It's good. Okay. <laughs> the whole thing about issuing a health and safety warning, I don't think they need to. If you're stupid enough to do that, take the consequences. That's a, that's a very hard line <laughs> response to this. <laughs> We're sort of getting into Darwin Awards territory there, yeah, pretty we? much. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ballad of Buster Scruggs, have you seen that? I've seen that, yes. That's good. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, did you feel like dressing up like a cowboy running around and shooting people? I didn't go quite that far. No. Well, I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out at a similar time, so I think that, that sort of scratched my itch for that particular, <laughs> that particular thing. Uh, no, yeah, d- did enjoy it. Um, I thought the, the anthology uh, structure was, was interesting. Uh, felt that some stories worked a bit better than others, but on the whole, uh, yeah, really, really good, really recommended. Yeah, and just as we're discussing Netflix, Bandersnatch, yes. the Black Mirror episode, have you played it? I, <laughs> it is weird to describe it that way, but yes, I have um, played it. I think I've seen, I think I've seen all of the endings. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where the, um, the the credits that roll are just the credits. There's no option to um, sort of loop back and do things a bit differently. So I think I've seen everything. It's um, it's really interesting. That's my, uh, yeah, word that I use when most people ask me to describe it. I don't think it does anything that Black Mirror hasn't done previously, but it is interesting to see um, it sort of uh, transposed into a a video game subtext. Yeah, this sort of choose-your-own-adventure style of play, picking your options as you go through it. Yeah. It's it's novel. I don't think it'll catch on. No, it's entertaining, but it it looks like it would be very difficult to produce that kind of content on a regular basis yeah
Sunshine Radio, the hospital radio station for Western Supermare. Available free on your telecall bedside entertainment unit on Radio Channel 7. So later on in this show, we'll be giving you the rundown of the Sunshine Cinema Club Top 10 Films of 2018. Before that, though, let's have a look at the Top 10 Highest Earners at the UK Box Office last year. This Uh, is your Top 10. You'll be in the audience, as opposed to... Yeah. Not not, not yours, personally. I certainly didn't didn't spend that amount the, the, well yeah there's some choices on here as well which I, yeah. I know you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly uh, I noted that nine of the top ten are a sequel remake or adaptation so let's start at number ten um, earning uh, 29 million pounds last year was A Star Is Born yeah well this will be on the list so we'll be talking about it <laughs> we'll be talking about it in our yeah, top we'll ten skip along <laughs> so number nine Fantastic Beasts 2 at 30 million yeah, um, as it happens, I've only got so much time in my life, so there are a few films on this this list that I, I still haven't caught up with. Uh, this is one of them. Admittedly, after I, I, I didn't feel too strongly about the first one, so I've got no real appetite to continue because it sounds. Um, I've read reviews; it sounds slightly convoluted, which is uh, never a <laughs> never a good thing. Well, earning thirty-five million pounds. And number eight was Deadpool 2. Yeah, that's one I made time for. Yeah. That's that's where my priorities are. Uh, I think I preferred this to the first one. I certainly found it more interesting. I know some people didn't maybe maybe didn't find it as funny as the first one, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more. I thought it was uh, more uh, challenging. I didn't think the... Uh, I thought the opening could have been played for laughs instead of being played completely straight, which they, <laughs> they seem to. I thought they missed a the trick there. But no, on the whole, really enjoyed it. Really good to see Rob Delaney in, in anything as well. So that's, all, <laughs> that's always a plus for me. Number seven, we have Peter Rabbit making a fantastic 42 million. Yeah, good for good for that. <laughs> Let's move on to number six. <laughs> I didn't see it. It, it, might be, it might be great. I don't know. I think the kids liked it. Yeah. Well, clearly, yeah. Number well, six, we had yeah. Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, uh, another sequel I've, I've not gone out and seen because I didn't really enjoy the first one, unfortunately. But, you know, people went out and saw it, so clearly... Uh, I think they're making a third one, aren't they? Yeah. I've heard about the ending of this one, which sort of throws up an interesting uh, setting for the for the next one. Mm-hmm. I might go and see... Well, I might catch up with this eventually, I don't know. Uh, number five, I'd say this film was perhaps the controversial film of the year for us it's certainly the most disgusted it feels like yeah. Oh, yeah bohemian rhapsody i am i'm looking forward to not having to talk about this um well until the dvd comes out and then i'll be on, on our, we'll be talking about it for another three months i've talked about it at length several times so i'm going to summarize now i think the makers of this film went yeah queen a lot of people went to see it and they also went yeah queen which is fine um, I'm someone who said, yeah, Queen, previously, in, in, you know, in the past and, having, and, and afterwards. Uh, but I saw it and I went, hmm, film? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Number four, we have Black Panther. Yes, um, not one that's going to be on the list, but one I have I have seen, being the uh, the massive Marvel fanboy that I am, admittedly. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. This, this really did feel like a, a breath of fresh air compared to um, the other Marvel slates. I know I feel like I probably say that about every Marvel film that comes out, but this is this is really really good. I think have you seen this one? Not yet. I th- I think you might enjoy it. the the villain played by um, Michael B. Jordan is is terrific, really really good. But just something that a lot of Marvel movies have um, haven't quite delivered on. But in this one, it's it's, it's fantastic. Okay, uh, at number three, earning fifty seven million pounds in the UK box office and making making over a billion overall in the world with all sales and everything mm. Incredibles 2 I wonder if that's a, I wonder if, if internationally that's the biggest one of the year 
Black Panther might have it pipped, or or maybe the uh, maybe the number one as well. I don't know. But um, this this is another one that we'll be talking about uh, on the list in a little bit. So number two, we have Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Sixty-five million. Uh, I never thought I'd be happy to know that a, a, a film based on the songs of ABBA would be more popular than the film uh, based on the songs of Queen. Yeah. But here we are. Uh, this this almost made the list, I think, because I did uh, I did really enjoy it. Again, more more than the first one, I think. I thought they um, they had a better grasp of uh, how to make a uh, a more interesting film with this one, whereas the first one they were sort of still figuring stuff out. Just. It's. I mean, it's a film based on the songs of Abba. It's either you're, it's it's entertaining. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. Okay, and the highest earner in the UK box office last year, earning seventy six point five million pounds, mm-hmm. was Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, which I've um, sort of tried to steer us away from reviewing because it is very much the uh, the first part of a two part story. Part two will be sort of you know coming this year in. Uh, in March, I'm anticipating it very much because <laughs> it's the it'll be the, the culmination of um, I think 11 years of uh, of Marvel films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your eyes went right there. <laughs> so that's uh, that's going to be something to behold. This stands up as a fantastic setup for that. I I loved it, but I don't know if I can talk about it yet because I need to know how this story finishes first. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Nick. Okay, so still to come on today's show, we will be running down our top 10 films from last year but up next we're getting sequel califragilistic <laughs> as we review Mary Poppins Return Good Lord the Governor for Dick when you're listening to the Sunshine Cinema Club welcome along to the show with Marcus and Nick and now it's time for us to review Mary Poppins Returns Good Lord the Governor for Dick how many of those have you got sort of stashed ready to oh endless uh, okay <laughs> well to the end of the review anyway good good <laughs> Now an adult with three children, bank teller Michael Banks learns that his house will be repossessed in five days unless he can pay back a loan. His only hope is to find a missing certificate that shows proof of valuable shares that his father left him years earlier. Just as all seems lost, Michael and his sister receive the surprise of a lifetime when Mary Poppins, the beloved nanny from their childhood, arrives to save the day and takes the bank's family on a magical, fun-filled adventure. Mother! Aunt Jenny! Come quick! Quickly! What is it, Georgie? Has something happened? I was flying the kite and I got caught on a nanny! Whatever are you talking about? Come! Come look! Wait, where did you get that kite? I found it in the park. She kept it from blowing away. Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are still not a codfish. <coughs> Jane Banks. Still rather inclined to giggle, I see. Good heavens. It really is you. You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? How incredibly rude. One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. I'm sorry, I didn't... You came he- back. I thought we'd never see you again. It is wonderful to see you. Yes, it is, isn't it? Mary Poppins Returns was directed by Rob Marshall, who was Oscar-nominated in 2003 for directing Chicago. Uh, also directed the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie on Stranger Tides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay was written by David McGee, who 
who's known for The Life of Pi and Finding Neverland, and Married Poppins Returns stars wonderful cast, including Emily Blunt, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ben Whishaw, and I've got to mention some of the legends that appear in it, Julie Walters, Meryl Streep, Angela Lansbury, mm. and of course, Dick Van Dyke of the Electricity Party Governor. Now, Nick, I'm just going to get straight in there yeah. with the question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Is it as good as the original? Uh, no. Okay. But... You've been listening <laughs> to. <laughs> See you next week, everyone. It's, I mean, it, it tries, though, uh, and I have to respect that, because the, the first Mary Poppins is... Um, I'm, I'm going to get this pun out of the way early. Practically perfect in, in every way. It was, it was on TV over the holiday, so I, I took the opportunity to not not just re-watch it, but to specifically re-watch it as if uh, I would be reviewing it on the show. So, you know, critic hat firmly on, disregarding any on any nostalgia I might have for it. And it it would be a 10, easily, no no question. It, it really is a, a monumental achievement in, in filmmaking. There's, uh, there's there's not many films that could stand beside it in terms of quality, so I don't think anyone would be uh, would be surprised to, to learn that this sequel isn't as good as, as the original. But it, it does try very hard, and I think that the people who made this would be more than happy for it to be considered good, whereas the first was was great. Uh, the good things start with the the cast, most important of which is is Emily Blunt in the title role. I I thought she was terrific. Um, she she captures the same almost indescribable haughty but uh, caring air of, of Julie Andrews' performance but she, she puts her own spin on it I mean but we already, already knew that she was a, an excellent act- actress but this is just a further proof of that proves herself to be a great singing performer as well which I didn't know about because I didn't see Into the Woods um, which was also directed by Rob Marshall I think wasn't it yeah it was maybe yes, that's yeah, yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda is the uh, the other big performer. Naturally, and I feel like you've alluded to this <laughs> several times already. Following on from Dick Van Dyke's performance, I think the big big question everyone has is uh, what is his accent like? Uh, because he is uh, from from Puerto Rico. Uh, to which the answer is uh, nothing worse than you might hear in a, a Broadway adaptation of Oliver. You know, he, he's not going to be getting the part on EastEnders anytime soon, but uh, he's a, a natural fit here. So, great job. Uh, the kids are good as well. Uh, I want to give special mention to uh, Joel Dawson, uh, who had Nicola be plays uh, Georgie, who not only clearly had the time of his life making this film, but also plays everything very broadly, but in a way that children often do in in real life. It's it's difficult to describe, but he's just extremely extremely watchable, very entertaining. Uh, Meryl Streep, I'm assuming, just constantly has her ear to the ground waiting for people to make big movie musicals at this point. And it's, as soon as she hears about one, she drives straight into, into the studio and says, I'm here! This time I think I'll do a, an Eastern European accent. How about that? And goes, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Meryl, Meryl Streep doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. She's just, just hanging around having fun. Uh, the songs are good, on the whole. It's, uh, it's difficult to say if they're going to stand the test of time like the, the ones in the original have, but you know, the, the ones in the original have had over 50 years to, to set it into the culture, so it's not exactly a, a level playing field. Uh, some of them are really, very good, like um, Underneath the Lovely, lovely, the lovely London Sky. That's not, meant, that's not meant to be a tongue twister, but it is. And the, uh, the Place Where Lost Things Go was uh, excellent as well. Uh, some of them are just, just okay. Um, I thought, what's it called? Can you imagine that was kind of a, a, a weak start really I, I, I felt like it could have been better but yeah on the whole the, the songs are good and this isn't to say that there aren't problems with the film mostly with the story i i thought the um the decision to have a villain 
like an, an outright evil, deceptive villain, uh, as as well as the, uh, the the lone countdown element that adds tension and more than one instance where you fear for the safety of of characters. Uh, it felt a little bit off to me. I've seen some critics describe the film as forced. Um, which I don't fully agree with, but I think that this might be the reason why. These feel like very, very modern storytelling decisions, ones that uh, the original and other films of the 60s didn't need to include. Uh, and because we see these elements all the time in today's popular films, uh, it, to me it felt like they didn't quite gel with the, the rest of this otherwise old-fashioned film. Speaking of modern touches, there's there's also a moment in One Dance Sequence where they um, it's sort of centred around the uh, the... The, the Larrys, like the light, the people that operate the lights who are on bikes, and at one point they uh, break out some BMXs and start grinding on rails and so popping wheelies. And Mary Poppins gets involved in all of that as well. It's it's weird. <laughs> um, I'm still not sure what to make of it, but it's certainly uh, a choice. Although an incredibly distracting one. It's like if she suddenly busted out an, an electric guitar. I'd, I'd feel similarly strange about that. That's a minor couple though. <laughs> Well, I think that's fair enough, Nick. And therefore, I can only do one more thing, which is ask you for your Sunshine Cinema Club rating out of 10. It's a 7 out of 10, Governor. Oh. See, that's, see I, I, I didn't feel convinced on that myself. It's it's perfectly fine. It's convincing enough. I, I know those aren't the most magical and fantastical of words to, to describe this film. But considering the tough act it has to follow, I've ever that's a, an achievement on its own. The songs are good. The cast are good. You'll you come out of the cinema with a, a spring in your step. And and that's enough. It's good enough to be the third best screen adaptation of Mary Poppins. Okay. Want me to describe? Yeah, this? come okay. on. Okay, so this is number three. Yes. Mary Poppins, number one. Number two, the uh, Sherry Bobbins episode of of The Simpsons. <laughs> that is particularly good. It is good. <laughs> okay, still so again, Nick and I are going to run you through uh, the Sunshine Cinema Club's top ten films of 2018. And this is the Sunshine Cinema Club, and I'm very excited to give you the Sunshine Cinema Club Top 10 Films of 2018. Now, our chart only includes films that we've seen or reviewed on the show last year. Some of the movies making it into the list may surprise you. There are some that didn't make the list. Yeah, because there's a lot. <laughs> and, and yeah. Just a, a brief mention of films that uh, didn't make the cut, unfortunately, that we still quite enjoyed. Uh, Black Landsman, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Sorry to Bother You, Roma, First Reformed, Bad Times at the El Royale, You Were Never Really Here, Mandy, The Battle of the Buster Scruggs, Apostle, Blockers, Game Night, Isle of Dogs, and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. It's been a very good year. <laughs> so let's start with our number 10, which is They Shall Not Grow Old. Rated 15, released in November last year. Directed by Peter Jackson, uh, this documentary film was about World War I and featured never-before-seen footage to commemorate the centennial of the end of the war. I was 16 years old and my father allowed me to go. I was just turned 17 at the time. I was 16. And I was 15 years. When they came to us, they were frightened children and had to be made into soldiers. All right, boys, here it comes. We're in the pictures. <laughs> I gave every part of my youth to do a job. There was a job to be done, and you just go on and did it. They 
shall not grow old. Peter Jackson did not receive any fee for this film. Yeah. Uh, hopefully most people listening got the chance to see this on TV on Remembrance Sunday, uh, as I did. Uh, the advance press for this film made a, a big deal of the, the cleaned-up and colourised footage, and that is impressive. But what really impressed me was the, the audio interviews with uh, former soldiers. Uh, I'm guessing that these were conducted in the, the 60s or so, but they sound like they could have been recorded today, and the gentlemen talking and giving their accounts of the war could be you know, elderly relatives of, of yours or mine. And that, for me, was the reason this film was so affecting to watch. It's a powerful reminder that the, the past is always closer than we might think, and that we have far more in common with it than that which divides us. At number nine in our top ten films of 2018 was Incredibles 2, rated PG, and that was released in July last year. Uh, the Incredibles family uh, take on a new mission which involves a change in family roles. Mr. Incredible must manage the house while his wife, Elastigirl, goes out to save the world. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. Why elephant? mom's new job it's time to make some wrong things right help me bring supers back into the sunlight we need to change people's perceptions about superheroes and elastigirl is our best play better than me <clears throat> whoa i like mom's new job bye sweetie i'll watch the kids no problem supposed to do it dad they want us to do it this i don't way. know that way why would they change math math is math math okay, is math you know it's crazy right to help my family i gotta leave it to fix the law i gotta break it you've got to so our kids can have that choice at an hour and 58 incredibles 2 is not only the longest pixar movie to date but also the longest computer animated movie to date ah doesn't feel like it though does it no it flies by yeah yeah and it's just as good as the original as well which maybe wasn't a huge surprise really given pixar's track record with sequels uh but it is it's just as exciting just as funny uh the gender role reversal makes for some interesting inter-character drama and the animation is a massive uh, leap forward for cgi animation just lots of fun at number eight we have annihilation rated 15 uh, released in march last year. Natalie Portman plays a biologist who signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the Shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's destroying everything. 
It's not destroying. It's making something new. Annihilation was directed and written for the screen by Alex Garland, who also directed and wrote Ex Machina, which was our number four in our top ten of 2015. Mm. The beginning of that clip is a pretty handy synopsis of the film. <laughs> Can you describe its form? No. <laughs> it's so Annihilation is tricky to summarise, uh, much like uh, Ex Machina was. On on the surface, it, it looks like a horror inflicted sci-fi thriller, but there's a, a lot going on underneath it. It grapples with some very heavy themes of grief, mental illness and depression and how they can uh, manifest physically in ways that are horrifying but uh, also eerily beautiful at times. Uh, The the film was a a Netflix exclusive internationally which means that that's uh, currently the only place to watch it at the uh, the time of recording. I I really hope that they consider some sort of physical release in this country because I would quite like to own it rather than simply have access to it for a monthly fee. Uh, One other thing as well when uh, I was sort of getting that uh, that clip that we just played, I found that if you search uh, Annihilation on YouTube, you get uh, dozens of videos uh, titled uh, Annihilation Ending Explained or, or similar. Do not watch those videos. They are bad. The <laughs> film is not a puzzle that needs to be solved, uh, but it should be watched. At number seven in our top ten is Widows, rated 15 and released in November last year. Four women with nothing in common except the debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. You have no idea, do you? Or did you choose not to know? Your husband stole $2 million from me. This is about my life! This is about my life. And because it's about my life, it now becomes about yours. <laughs> my husband left me the plans for his next job. All I need is a crew to pull it off. Why should we trust you anyway? Because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head. It's what I've learned from men like your late husband and my father. Is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so. If this whole thing goes wrong, I want my kids to know that I didn't just sit there and take it. I did something. Uh, Widows was based on the 1983 British TV series Widows. Yeah. (laughs) So Widows has hands down the best cast of the year and Steve McQueen knows exactly how to let them play to their own strengths I, I said when I reviewed it that it was difficult to talk about because it was so uh, expectedly great based on the people in it and making it I've decided at this point to just say that it's great because of the people in it and making it this is the first big mainstream film of uh, Steve McQueen's career and I use that, that term mainstream fondly uh, it's, it's clearly directed by someone who thinks uh, fondly about the heist movies that came before it uh, co-written by Gillian Flynn, who people know to be a, a deft hand when it comes to crime thrillers, and a cast that is perfect throughout. Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, who I've always been a big fan of, Elizabeth Debicki, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, all putting in arguably career best performances. Completely shut out of nominations for the Golden Globes, unfortunately, but maybe it's fitting that they, they all got away with this and no one noticed. <laughs> 
At number six, and released in April last year, is A Quiet Place, rated 15. In a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. It's a really helpful clip. Um, do, do you have a fact about it? I do. There are only uh, 25 lines of dialogue in the whole film. Yes. Because, well, spoken dialogue. Yes. There is a lot of dialogue in the film. It's uh, mostly communicated through uh, sign language because you know, the world that the characters are in, they can't uh, afford to, to make any noise. Uh, so th- the clip may not be satisfying, <laughs> but the, the film certainly is. A Quiet Place starts with one of the, I think, the, the greatest openings I've ever seen in a, a horror movie. C- completely sets up the world without any any trace of, of effort, and it kept me on the, the edge of my seat for the entire running time. It's a, it's a brilliant directorial debut for John Krasinski, who uh, also stars in the film. Uh, it's a masterclass in building tension as well. Very early on, there's the reveal of a nail sticking out of the floorboard and just just seeing that made me squirm in anticipation of how it was going to come into play later on uh emily blunt is also among the cast and uh, this obviously makes for an interesting comparison with her performance in mary poppins returns uh she's terrific in this as well uh, forced to deal with all sorts of bad stuff and proven to be an incredibly adaptable performer in the process i can't get specific but the last thing we see her character do is one of the best things I saw anyone do all year. Wow. And that's about all I can say about it. <laughs> you'd, you'd like this, I think. You'd really... Okay, okay, so let's take a break, let's have some music, and then we'll be back with our countdown from five to one of the Sunshine Cinema Club Top 10 Films of 2018. So let's give you a quick recount of 10 to 6. Uh, 10 was They Shall Not Grow Old. Number 9, Incredibles 2. At eight, Annihilation. At seven, Widows. At six, A Quiet Place. And at number five, we have A Star Is Born, rated 15 and released in October last year. A musician helps a young singer find fame, even as age and alcoholism send his own career into a downward spiral. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're gonna do. We come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. Here, no. come on, here we go. Oh, Jack, this is not funny. Jack. Look at me. 
All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. The soundtrack for A Star Is Born is Bradley Cooper's first number one album and Lady Gaga's fifth. Ah. <laughs> uh, this is one I think we're still planning to review when it's released on uh, on DVD and, and home release, but uh, considering how often I've already talked about how much I enjoyed it, I think it's fair to include it on the list. Uh, there have been plenty of times where I've gone into the cinema uncertain of whether the film I'm about to see will turn out to be good or not but I don't think any film has shattered those uncertainties quite as quickly as A Star Is Born did. From the the second that first song, Black Eyes, started playing, I instantly realised that some real work had gone into making these songs feel like real songs that bands could perform at festivals and I I was hooked. This is another excellent directorial debut from the film's lead, uh, this time from Bradley Cooper. Uh, I've not always been a fan of his when it comes to his dramatic work, but he's perfectly cast in the role of Jackson Maine. Also perfect is uh, Lady Gaga in, in her film debut, but I'm, I'm sure we'll be hearing much, much more about that in the, the months to come. Uh, the big standout for me, though, is uh, Sam Elliott. He doesn't get any musical numbers or big scenes, but he really makes a big impact on the film's emotional centre. He puts more emotional power into backing out of a driveway than most actors do in entire films. Well, a big summer hit from July last year made its number four in our top ten, and that was Mission Impossible Fallout. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him? disavowed him, cast him aside. How long before a man like that has had enough? What the hell is he doing? I find it best not to look. During the filming, Tom Cruise uh, broke his ankle whilst jumping across a rooftop. He then got up and finished the scene. (laughs) He did. Uh, that's the job, as Angela Bassett says. Uh, at, at this point, Tom Cruise and Chris McCrory know exactly what making a Mission Impossible film takes, um, and it is to my and, and everyone's great pleasure that they always go above and beyond what's expected of them. Uh, and of this series, it keeps getting better. I could go on about how unlikely that seems, but it really comes down to two things, care and attention. This is probably the best action movie since Mad Max Fury Road, uh, and you know as well as I do that I do not say that lightly. <laughs> At number three, we have Hereditary, released in June last year. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. 
It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you're a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. She isn't gone. Mom? I don't like this. Dad, I don't like this. What's happening? Peter! Don't you ever raise your voice to me. I am your mother. Raise your Mom, what's happening? I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. Alex Wolf, who betrayed the son Peter, said that since filming this, he's experienced post-traumatic stress. I'm not surprised, considering what he goes through. Goodness me. I know some critics weren't too happy about the way that Hereditary reveals what's actually going on. Uh, and I agree that there are horror films that uh, stuck the landing a little bit better than, than this one does. But I'm ultimately not bothered about that because of how this movie made me feel throughout it. It really got under my skin. The scene in the car alone, I, I feel like I stopped breathing while it was slowly unfolding. Uh, we reviewed this for the uh, the DVD release. I'd already seen it in the cinema and I was, I was really reticent about revisiting it because um, it, it had been such a stressful watch. I'm glad I did, though, because it gave me a bigger appreciation of the things that the, the film gets right. The biggest of which is Tony Collette uh, in the lead role, who's our unreliable anchor throughout the film, and uh, proof that sometimes the best performances of the year don't come from award-nominated dramas. She's incredible, as are the rest of the cast. After, after this, The Leftovers and The Handmaid's Tale, if you're in a film or TV show and you see Anne Dowd, leave. <laughs> Right number two, released in October 2018, is First Man. A look at the life of the astronaut Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July the 20th, 1969. Are you sure? Yeah. Be an inventor. First man to walk on the moon. That'd be something. We've chosen a job so difficult, requiring so many technological developments. We're gonna have to start from scratch. Only after we master these tasks do we consider trying to land on the moon. Neil, if this flight is successful, you'll go down in history. What kind of thoughts do you have about that? We're planning on the flight being successful. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. This isn't just another trip, Neil. You're not just going to work. Do you think you're coming back? There are risks, but we have every intention of coming back. Somebody got a Swiss Army knife? Swiss Army knife? Are you kidding me? In Russia, the movie was renamed Shalavik Nalunia which translates to Nine on the Moon. Possibly ah. <laughs> because Russians have the first nine of their own. Mm-hmm. Here's a compliment, accomplishment they consider more important. Fair enough. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the list that this has been a, a good year for films. Uh, I think you could argue that it might have been a bit 
too good because not only is Widows uh, not being considered for awards, but uh, First Man is unfortunately being overlooked as well. Maybe it wasn't a film that people were expecting. The, the trailer admittedly makes it look and sound a lot more dy- dynamic than it is. It's it's not your standard biopic. This is, this is a story that's very much about grief and how it can dull your emotions. It's, it's also about um, how that grief can lead to recklessness and potential self-destruction. But if the timing's right, there's a chance that great things can be achieved. Uh, I don't know how convincing that sounds coming out of my mouth, but the uh, the film does a, a much better, more even-handed job of, of addressing it. <laughs> this is the role that Ryan Gosling was born to play. I know in the past some people have taken issue with the distantness that he often brings to a role. Here, that distantness is the, the key part of the role of Neil Armstrong, and he plays it beautifully. Um, Claire Foy is also typically excellent as J- Jane Armstrong. I do hope that Justin Hurwitz gets some recognition for his score, which uh, combines the saddest instrument in the world, which is the the theremin, and the gentlest instrument in the world, which is the harp, uh, to create the the loneliest soundtrack of all time. Um, It's it's not going to replace Riplash as our intro music, but I have been listening to it pretty regularly since it came out. And finally, the Sunshine Cinema Club number one film of 2018 is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales becomes Spider-Man of his reality, crossing his path with five counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Spider-Man swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know that. You gotta, you gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I wanna, wanna hear, hear it. it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. Hey guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. It was announced shortly after Stan Lee's death at age 95 that he recorded a cameo for this film and then it would be his final voice acting role. Mm. What a legend. It's, it's, it's a good role as well in this one. Um, so, yeah, the first time we've given the top spot to a film that uh, isn't a violent action movie. It's still a film with plenty of action scenes in it, though, so, you know, baby steps. Uh, this is the only film I saw twice in the cinema this year happily uh, and i've pre-ordered the blu-ray because i want this film in my collection as soon as possible because there is just so much to enjoy in it the animation is beautiful it's kinetic in ways that no other cgi animation is uh, it, it feels like the work of people that have, who have studied every kind of animation under the sun and distilled all that knowledge into crafting something that looks and moves really uniquely story-wise it's pretty much perfect too it manages to hit all of the all the comedic notes like the previous films that uh, phil lord has worked on but it also touches on more emotional tones i didn't realize when i reviewed it but this is a story about mourning all, all, all the spider people are affected by death in some way and and so is the villain the difference is how they all deal with that emotion this is a film that keeps surprising me 
And when you combine these things, the story, the comedy and the animation, there's a new aspect to the film. It's about the power of art and how comics and films tell stories. And it's a shining example of how to do it right. Wonderful. There you go. Thank you very much for the top 10 of 2018, Nick. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've uh, stuck with us through it. And we're going to hopefully deliver a whole uh, a range of film reviews for you this coming year. And that's it for the today's show. Thank you very much, Nick. As always, thanks to you for listening. To find out more about Sunshine Radio, visit our website at www.sunshinehospitalradio.co.uk.